Democrats were shuddering privately just a few days ago about how big the margin was going to be. Republicans were predicting a red wave, but they may end up with the same slim majority Democrats have had for the last two years. We are going to take the House back. But we've got so much more to do, and I have only begun to fight. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome back to an incredible holiday episode here of the Ruthless Variety Program. Smug, it's like an old school here. That's right. It's it's me. It's Holmes. You know, a lot of people celebrate the holidays, as as we both did. Yeah. Um... But we should also show up to work. That's so, right. You know, That's exactly hope, right. You know, Duncan, Ashbrook, <laughs> wherever you are, I hope you're having a great time. We are here for the people. Well, it's important that you know your obligations are, right? 100%. I mean, you, you, everybody likes to have a good time, mm-hmm. uh, good meals, good drinks. But then, you know, you got to come back to work. You got to do your job. That's right. And uh, I, I love the opener of the show, uh, you know, on the topic of remembering the holidays Amazing. Where, like, I, I love how so many folks on, on conservative Twitter took this apart of yet another example of Kamal being like, oh, yeah, when we were kids, we celebrated Kwanzaa. And, like, the holidays created, like, right when she's born. Two years, no after, ch- two years after. Two years after. So she was born in 64. It wasn't created until 66. Yeah. And then uh, apparently it really didn't take hold until the late 70s or early 80s. Yeah, and, and it's yet another example. Is like uh, I can't remember what show she was on, where she was like, "Yeah, I loved listening to Snoop and smoking pot," and they're like, "Snoop hadn't even started rapping at that time." So like, it, it's hilarious seeing her because she's basically like a robot. Yeah, like she, no one can relate to her of trying to come up with being like, "Oh yes, you know, I am somehow relatable," and it always just ends up worse. But she's all, worse she's also like one of those Democrats, and Democrats live in this box. Where you have to just like check all the boxes and like she's trying to understand the assignment. Yeah. Right? She's like, oh, I'm the Kwanzaa. I'm the Kwanzaa lady. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm the Kwanzaa lady. I mean, I don't know if she celebrated (laughs) it or not, but she certainly didn't celebrate it as a child. No. Right? I mean, because you've got, what? I mean, she's like, uh, you know, 10 years old before this thing takes hold. I mean, I, 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 maybe she could have done it then. No, but, like, no. if it's anything like the rest of her representations that she makes in the public domain, ah. And, and it's also hilarious that in that, that video they released where it's like her husband, Doug, is like, happy Kwanzaa. And it's like, <laughs> good God. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. I just don't, I just don't, I mean, it's just so far-fetched, it's so hard to wrap your mind around, right? I mean, that's where we are, it's like you've got uh, uh, Kamala and her husband Doug being like, I hope you have a meaningful Kwanzaa. <laughs> Racist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we got a, a banger, and it is old school, I feel, this is probably the first time that you and I alone. Yeah have done a recording since the first, like, 10 recordings. It's been almost, like, two years. Close to two years. Amazing, right? Yeah. It's like mom and dad are gone, so we can just be terrible. That's kind of what it feels like, (laughs) honestly. I felt like sitting down, I kept looking over my shoulder like somebody's going to stop us, right? Nope. There's no brakes on this train. (laughs) We're just going to let them have it. And you notice, like, we've got, yeah, I have board control. You do. Which is amazing, and I appreciate Ashbrook taking five minutes from, you know, partying and holidaying. (laughs) To, to walk you through the process of recording the show. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to work with here. There's a lot of stuff to work with here. So, uh, no guests. No guests, no. I mean, it, you just get again, like, it's raw like, and cut. That's the thing. is like It's it's a, a special breed of individual who's like, yes, I spend time with my family on the holidays, but when it's time to work, I, I work. <laughs> and that's us. That's us. That's what we've got here. Um, so, Smug, did you have a nice holiday experience? Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Could not say like I, I really could not imagine it being better. It's everything you want. You spend time with your family. Yeah, you enjoy time off and like I don't know. I looked at my phone maybe like three times over the past week, which good is just, for you, which is wonderful. That's never done. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love being in a position where all my focus can be just on like being happy and spending time with family, which is what I think is the best part, especially at this time of year. And the holidays is you get to, you know, you've had a year of working, of worrying about a million things. You finally get to have some time of why you do it. 
And it definitely strikes me as somebody who can speak with authority who does not have kids. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's just relaxing. It's super relaxing. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I just, you know, I set my phone down. Not another worry in the world. How about, how, how, how about for you? Do you have oh, to put together the, power wheels like Duncan or? No, yeah, no. I put all kinds of shit together <laughs> yeah. for sure. Now, but I do, I mean, I, I've simplified it a bit over the years. Now, you know, there's still some complex stuff, but for the most part, your carpentry skills improve as a dad. Yeah. You know, so you get a little bit better as, uh, you know, my kids are starting to, to grow older, but they're now at the point, and this sounds trite, but they're at the point where they both recognize and appreciate Christmas, mm-hmm. right? It's one thing when you have like, I, love, I mean, look, I'm guilty of this, but you get the parent where they have like an infant or a one-year-old mm-hmm. and like they're told their entire life, like Christmas is the best thing when you have kids. And they're like, oh, I have kids now. So it's like, let's sell the infant's going to love that. Yeah. The infant doesn't know shit. No. Right. Same as every other day. They don't know. And like, a, you know, you're two year They don't know anything. They roll around. They fall asleep for most of the day. Yeah. Something's happened. They're crawling. They're looking at you. They're not going to remember a damn thing. <laughs> but like, this is the first one where I've got both of my kids now at a point where they're like, I asked Santa for some stuff and like, he the, came through. The the guy's got to deliver, right? And uh, and he, they both and we met Santa multiple times the run up to Christmas. They both asked specifically for the uh, important toys that they had on their mind. Santa delivered, and they were thrilled. They were thrilled. I mean, it was like uh, that's awesome. You know, they come downstairs, they're just happy as hell. Yeah. And now it's the first time, at least from my perspective, where that sort of rung true. So I got two questions. So number one, did your kids, number two, did you yourself, like the night before Christmas or like, you know, early morning, sneak down and try to like get a gander, did the op- kids- open the wrapping paper a little bit, try to see what they're getting? So no, my, I mean, my oldest, who's most likely to be able to do something like that, is a rule follower. Yeah, he's he's an incredibly responsible good son. He is a very good son, and his his whole thing was like, man, I just hope I can go to sleep so Santa can come because if I'm awake, I could ruin it for everyone. What a great kid, right? So he's like, he, he was kind of stressed about it, frankly. The younger one was a terrorist, as yeah, I've told he's like, you. When Santa shows up, I'm gonna kick his ass and take all the presents. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if he could get out of his crib, he would have. <laughs> he would have gone down there and checked them all out. But no, but we we you know we keep everything in this like holding room prior to mm. you know we have like a lock on it where they they can't get into it. So all of it's a surprise, and it, it all shows up on Christmas morning. Their eyes were like saucers. They were super excited about all of it. Uh, you know, look. A little bit of stress on mom and dad the night before, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, I hate to tell you, pal, it gets more complicated as you as you get kids. It sounds like a lot of work. It it does, <laughs> and my wife likes to make everything perfect for the kids, right? Yeah. So, like, she's got an added. There's like a uh, for those of you who are young parents, you will innately understand this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when your wife has gone through hell and gone to try to make a perfect Christmas for your kids, there are a few moments. In the in the Christmas Eve territory, mm-hmm. where they're unreasonable, <laughs> very unreasonable, <laughs> and, and they're convinced that something or somebody has ruined it, right? And you have to you have to go about trying to like work around that sort of thing, which I'm terrible at. I'm a very like I end up to be confrontational, which sucks because I don't like to be. And Christmas Eve gets a little contentious after dinner when the kids are in bed. But you know what? In the morning, it all makes up for it's it. It's all worth it. And they were totally pumped. My parents were in town, healthy and happy. Uh, Blair's mom was in town. It was awesome. I mean, we, we had a great Christmas. That's, that's all you can want. Yeah. That's and, everything. And more importantly, we were not traveling. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, uh, so to my knowledge, I, I, I haven't heard from Duncan in a while. Yeah. Like, God knows what the situation is. Well, I have an update. Flights. I have an yeah. update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Duncan was was made aware of what do we call that thing? It was like a bomb, bomb, bomb cyclone, or bomb cyclone, bomb polar vortex thing, yeah. um, and and all the flights that could be impacted by that. He he was made aware of it shortly before his departure 
And what he did is change all of his flights to a very reasonable, it was a very reasonable departure time to like 5 a.m. on, on Friday. And, so I, thought, and I thought that was insane. Like, well, he's got two kids. That's the thing is without worrying about like two kids. Right. <laughs> right. right. And as we've explained on the Variety program before, when Duncan goes to the airport, it's different than, than <laughs> a lot of, I mean, there's yeah. a 15-part stroller. There's shit going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this dude, this dude's got like all the dials spinning all the time. So he had to make his way to Texas, which he did. He made his way to Texas and uh, he got there on time, beat the bomb cyclone and he's now continuing his vacation. Uh, He's decided to take his children to Hawaii. How long is that flight? I mean, it's got to be a million hours. I mean, (laughs) and that's the thing is like, Number one, I think you know, with zero with zero personal experience, it'd be wild to to suggest and be able to wrangle your kids to get to the airport at like three thirty a.m. Yeah, right. To begin which with, which is which is uh, we, we sent. Oh, I should tell you, we did have a little bit of fun with him, uh, where the the cast and crew of the Ruthless Variety program were um, up, and I was not. But they were up at like two thirty in the morning, incredible, and sending him text messages. Michael, it's time to wake up for your oh, flight. I mean, like that is so brutal. <laughs> that is so brutal. So, so he did. He did get up on time. He made it. Uh, but, but, and it had, from all accounts, a glorious Christmas in yeah. Texas, as one does in Texas. I think they were in Midland. Um, but now he has embarked upon this Hawaiian flight, which I think it's at least, it's got to be at least seven hours, yeah, right? And, and it's like you're flying over the Pacific. Your kids have nothing to look at out the window. <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess it's mayhem time. It's like if you were to choose a trip yeah. that could cause you the most amount of problems, this is what you would do. It's a, and, and that's the thing is like, this is given a background of, so, so, so the AP says that like, oh, you know, there's a lot of airline, you know, airports, uh, that have been having issues, but they clarify it, and I think it's important to clarify it. This is a Southwest thing. So yeah. The AP says at airports with major Southwest operations, customers stood in long lines hoping to find a seat on another flight. They described waiting hours on hold for help, only to be cut off. Some tried to rent cars to get to their destination sooner. Other found spots to sleep on the floor. Oh my Luggage God. piled up in huge heaps. So let's get into this. Yes. Right? There's a lot to get into. I mean, Smug, for the first thing that not only that I want, mm-hmm. but the Minions want, is the fact that this is a Southwest-focused deal. Yes. Your thoughts, sir. So to begin with, and I mean, I mean, gosh, it's, it's difficult to even decide where to begin with Southwest. <laughs> Where so to my knowledge, uh, they don't even assign flights, right? So it's like you know. What do you mean? What do you mean they don't? Assign they they don't like when you buy a ticket. It's like okay, you will be on the plane. Oh, maybe you, they don't assign seats. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, my, my mistake. So yeah. seats. So like uh, uh, when you're traveling with children, that's got to be tough. I mean, too, that's right? crazy. It's like yeah. you know, you don't know the breakdown. Who's got to sit where? There could be a kid two rows back. Who knows? Um, but the thing is, is that like you as an individual or accepting the fact that like they will not even assign you a seat. This is like cattle. They're like, we will like, you know, herd you onto uh, steerage and God knows where you will be. And in theory, we're going to get you there on time. Like even Amtrak changed this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, this is the most insane thing of all time. And it makes no sense. It, there were, it was like a fun, when they started the airline, it was like a fun, oh, we don't have no rules. Like, you can come, we get a low-cost airfare. And like, like everyone is miserable together. Yeah. Like, awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. When you're like, you know, single and have no responsibility whatsoever. None. No cares. And, and you don't, so, so, so that's the thing is like, I don't think even cattle would want to fly Southwest because like, <laughs> Especially, like, given this history of, like, anytime you see, like, one of these videos of, like, a brawl going down, it's Southwest every time. Right? 100%. And, and, like, all these problems, I love how they singled out correctly that this is a Southwest thing. Because, like, every day you hear, like, 2,500 flights have been canceled. 2,450 of which were Southwest. So, like, this airline has basically built their model on, okay, if you have, you know... uh no self-respect and you're willing to be like you know you can throw me in a box i don't care you can ship me like 
UPS style to my destination, and I get there sometime because like you don't know what the schedule is gonna be. Like they're very clearly being dude. Like, at least you'd have the box. At least you know that there's a reserved box, right? At least you know you'd get a box. But now it's like, well, Southwest, we don't have assigned seats. Like well, I, I can't even imagine what the boarding process is like. It's like okay, no one is assigned seats. It's and we, basically like the door opens and it's just like okay cattle march in you and, know? and just it like, brings out the worst of humanity 100 percent, right people 100%. pushing kids out of the way shoving families aside trying to get to the aisle seat in the first five rows i mean it's nonsense but but it says here in this ap article that the problems began over the weekend and snowballed into monday when southwest called off more than 77 percent of its flights amazing what what the hell happened and 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 the 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 wild thing is they're doing this during christmas right yeah there are people who are going to see their families and southwest is like oh well whatever we will cancel this flight there's days backlog of of luggage sitting in airports well you've seen the footage yeah yeah i mean there's like thousands of bags that are just piled up on the floor at various airports across this country all belonging to southwest And, and like god knows who it belongs to like so in my opinion Southwest is this kind of like I can't wait for the crazy kind of scam where they trick you into thinking misery is cool, right? <laughs> where they're like, okay, we will not like, you know, you're you're not getting a drink, you're not getting a meal, we'll throw peanuts at you. <laughs> Who knows where your seat is? Some dude's gonna drop kick you so that he can put his bag in the overhead. We'll give you less programmatic uh, uh, discussion over the microphone. Yeah. That gives you a little a little personality yeah. flair. And, and and like on your flight, the 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 like uh, uh, what, what, the, the stewardess is going to be playing a ukulele. I don't think you can call like them tormenting you. anymore. No, no it, I think it's the flight attendant. The, the flight attendant, yeah, is going to be tormenting it's, you it's with a ukulele, which is just like a great insult to injury because it's like I'm already here, knee deep in hell. And they want to spin on me even more and make me listen to this like uh, uh, flight attendant play a ukulele. <laughs> but if you sign up for that, if you sign up for that, you know what you're getting. That's the thing. You know what you're getting. So this is my controversial piece of this, and yeah. I want you to elaborate on mm-hmm. this because you've been very anti-Southwest from the beginning. Huge, well documented. Um, I have always believed that in my era air travel has been too accessible. Yeah. Right? Where where it feels like your average family just assumes the night before Christmas they can buy a $200 flight to wherever they're going and it just shows up like a bus that's oh, yeah. going 30 oh, yeah. miles. Right? And like there's... First of all, Christmas, I, I don't know if we're all aware, uh, for at least two-thirds of this country, pretty shitty weather. Yep. Right? Yeah. And then like you, don't, you can't fly planes through bomb cyclones yeah. right yeah <laughs> at least at least like not all planes through bomb cyclones but there's this like sort of assumption that you're like oh yeah no i leave on the 24th i show up on the 25th i have christmas i'm out on the 26th i'm back at work on the 20th like no dude that's that's not the way that the shit works like you were setting yourself up for absolute catastrophe now i understand that not everybody can buy like, you know, ridiculous flights that guarantee arrival and all kinds of things. I don't even know if that exists. But if you're in a position where you feel like you have to travel it, with your entire family over Christmas, you got to build in some room, don't you? And, and here's the thing is, so I think there there's like a lot of actual like data to support this assertion is like very simply where has the station wagon gone right <laughs> like it used to be and and and, and folks weren't like you can you can see uh, uh what was it the um chevy chase movie you know whenever you go on yeah, vacation yeah. christmas vacation or, or summer vacation everybody yeah. get in the in the station wagon that used to be the american way of like okay you get in the car you go somewhere yeah but now the expectation has become all right it, it, you know i will catch some southwest fare for nine dollars and it's going to be basically Fight Club to get on the plane and while on the plane. And you can see it right away. You walk into the airport. Yeah. You know you, where the Southwest folks right? are. You, you, you walk into the airport and there's people in like sweatpants and like open toed shoes. Yeah. Right. And they're like, or like t-shirts and, and what have you. And they're just like, yeah, man, this is, this is the way it works. 
is it the way it works? It feels like this has been the great exposure of this entire way of traveling. Like Southwest, is like yeah, no, not this weekend, folks. Yeah, not this weekend. It, 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 and it's just like how they started. It's like, oh yeah, we're the like no rules thing. It's like okay, when you operate on like a no rules environment. So like, I mean, I love Taco Bell. Probably my favorite fast food. Yes. But when you walk up to the door, they're like, you got to wear shoes and a shirt, man. <laughs> like Southwest does not, like that is not even on their policy list. It's like, okay, as long as you paid the like five, six bucks and you're willing to like brawl your way onto the plane and survive the way there, I guess you might arrive, right? And that's, so So this goes part and parcel with, uh, with another problem that I think, uh, uh, which is why travel has become so miserable for folks is parents just don't care. They don't care about their job, which is why I always encourage, you know, families go on Southwest. So, so, so the rest of the public doesn't have to deal with it. <laughs> this has I, been your, this is your most controversial take. And it's not even controversial as I, I think it's very evident that like the vast majority of parenting right now is being done by like an iPad. You know, it's like <laughs> there, there's an entire generation that has abdicated having a role. In the I kids can't wait lives, for you to have kids. I just them, can't wait. But, 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 but it's the truth is like, okay, you know. My kid, you've got an iPad. We will have no system of responsibilities or interactions or where you have to develop this. To be clear, the kids didn't cancel the flights. Okay. The the kids are not responsible for the misery that these people are I mean, who knows? I don't think we've gotten a statement from Southwest of (laughs) what the cause is. The kids might be... (laughs) I mean, you get on a a plane... Do you want the... Hold on. Do you want the explanation? Should we get the explanation? Is there one? Is there one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the airline's crew scheduling system also crumbled under the pressure of so many Lies, recent dude. flight changes. Lies, dude. The airline said in a statement Monday that it was staffed and prepared for the approaching holiday weekend before the severe weather disrupted its plans. These operational conditions forced daily changes of an unprecedented volume and magnitude to our flight schedule. And the tools our teams use to recover the airline remain at capacity. And this was according to the CEO, Bob Jordan, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, to fly a reduced schedule, the company uh, said it was optimistic it would be back on track before next week. <laughs> These people aren't going to get home until next week. Bob is on vacation. Bob is like at home. Being like, yeah, I, I guess I could get to it. Next More or week. less respect from you, Smug. If Bob was like, listen, you, you flew Southwest. Bob. I mean, what I, do you expect? if Bob understands the fact that he's running a business model, where it's like, okay, this is basically steerage, but cows have more self-respect than to fly Southwest. Like, you know, <laughs> he said uh, Southwest expects a tough week ahead for travelers. Oh my God! Like to say that <laughs> the air, to say that the airlines that it will fly about one third of its schedule as it works its way through the mess, uh, Jordan told the Wall Street Journal um, Tuesday, and it would be another tough day as we work our way out of this situation. And, and that's the thing is, no other airline is having this. It's very clearly a Southwest problem, is they've built their entire model on like, okay, if we can cut everything like to the bone and basically be like, a, 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 a not even Greyhound, like a fourth tier Greyhound. Greyhound meets like a Waffle House brawl, but flying <laughs> hundreds House. of miles an hour at 35,000 feet is like what you're dealing with on a Southwest flight. And like, maybe this works out. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And like, I want to see like, I'm surprised we're not seeing more like a, a, a videos online of like what the reception has been like for travelers. Well, because I've seen how some. How are people not throwing hands? I know, I, I've seen some. There was this guy that was on the news the other night where they had to beep his ass out. <laughs> where he was like, I've been in this airport for four fucking days, and now I just had to call my employer to tell him I'm not going to be at work next week. I missed Christmas already. I mean, he was really upset. Granted, like, I I mean, that... that Dude, you got to throw hands. Yeah, no, you... You got to throw hands. Like, I mean, you've, yes, you've made a horrible decision by flying Southwest, but my guess is you have nothing left to lose. So you should be like, I want to speak to a manager and then just throw hands, dude. <laughs> dude. There's nothing left to lose. You're already on Southwest. Do you remember that movie, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with John Candy and I Steve I never Martin? saw that one. I never saw dude, that one. Dude, it, it, the perfect... They get to a point, like, he's just trying to get home, and Steve Martin's character finally breaks. 
right? And he gives the rental car person just absolute hell and mm-hmm. he's losing it. That's what I imagine every single Southwest traveler being like right now when they're like, they've waited in a, a line for like two hours to rebook and they get there and they're like, I'm sorry, nothing available till next Wednesday. I mean, you're coming over the desk. And, and I know folks are like, well, you can't blame them. You know, this is on the CEO. They're just like, you know, it's just frontline gate agent work. No, dude. No, you're all. What? I'm just doing my job. Didn't work for the Nazis, right? <laughs> oh you're gonna tell God. me I can't have Christmas? I'm just <laughs> doing my job. Gate agent? Hell no. I'm holding you accountable. Time to throw hands. What an incredible <laughs> comparison. <laughs> to for the record, we disavow that comparison entirely here on the Ruthless <laughs> Variety Program. No, but but I will say I will say this. I will say this. They um, stand out amongst the crowd. There was certainly cancellations due to due to the bomb cyclone and some weather issues, but whatever it was with South, which I think we should get to the bottom of. Like, yes. at some level, you know, there's a lot of interaction between the federal government and these airlines. What is it about Southwest where they're entirely relying upon like multiple flights to make their destination in order to make the other things work? Whereas the other are not, right? Like American, United, Delta, they all kind of made it work. And, and here's the thing. And so like as the story is breaking and like so many Americans are stranded for Christmas, God knows where their luggage is, having all these issues is like uh, you've got Mayor Pete sending out these tweets of him being like, I'm having a great time. Oh, fuck. Holidays I forgot about this guy, Mayor, Mayor Pete. Pete is, is is the transportation secretary. Dude, right? this guy is the this guy is the best. Every shit thing that's happened in this country lands in his portfolio, and he's like, I don't know, man. I'm just going to go this to another film festival it. about myself. Yeah, he, he dodges all this crap. I've, I, I'm, I'm trying to start a movement. Make Mayor Pete fly only Southwest in 2023. <laughs> like... Any time. Well, he didn't has he to have like anywhere. 22 private flights? Yeah. Like, like as many as, what's his name, the the uh, Price, the guy from the Trump administration at HHS, that they ran out. Perfect example. Right? Perfect example is there is zero accountability from the mainstream media on this where he is literally responsible for transportation in this country. We have a transportation breakdown of Americans suffering at any time. But during the holidays, during Christmas, they can't get home. And he's just like, well, I'm doing fine. <laughs> and like, where's the accountability? You think Mayor Pete's going to get to the bottom of this? <laughs> I mean, like, is anyone like, oh, shit. Like, do you think Southwest is really like, oh, shit, Mayor Pete's going to get us? Like, well, it, it'll become it'll become a public issue here. Like, because people, as you said, there were like 8,000 bags sitting in BWI's carousel mm-hmm. over the weekend. Uh, at some point, people are going to want some answers. And it becomes a big enough political issue. Well, then you'll get Mayor Pete at some point behind the White House podium saying, like, I am driving a hard bargain on these guys and we're going to make it right. I bet he doesn't. My guess. You think he just ignores it? Ignores it. No. Just ignores it. Like the same way that this entire administration has ignored everything. Because in theory, Kamala is in charge of the border. And we've seen that's gone to hell. She doesn't ever get in front of the podium. These people, you know don't what? You're care. right. They don't actually they don't have any. There's no accountability whatsoever. They don't give a damn. And like, because the media is in their pocket, so they're like, uh, "Who's going to hold me accountable?" No one. I mean, back to Christmas, it is, dude. It's a like, really good point. I guarantee, you right now, at this moment, Mayor Pete is like four hot toddies deep. You know, watching movies. We Home Alone's on the TV. Doesn't give a damn. What? Well, it kind of feels like that because he hasn't been out anywhere. Because that's the thing is like if he was actually doing something, you'd see video of him like at an airport berating somebody being like, we need the planes to fucking run. Bring me the fucking planes. He's not doing that shit, dude. Dude. So, all right. So, so they did send statements out. Oh, well, well right. Well, great. So here, here's what shout out to like the transportation secretary communications shop who like has to work in the holidays. Who's like, yeah, no, who's, who's, who's doing this from the Bahamas. The, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Department of Transportation said it would review Southwest's actions oh, wow. and customer service policies that contributed to a rough holiday week, travel week. The agency said it was, quote, concerned by Ooh. Southwest's unacceptable rate of cancellations and delays and reports a lack of prompt customer service. That was the other thing. I, I, saw, I heard from, like, yeah. an enormous number of people that they actually couldn't 
get in touch with anyone. And that's and, and, and I'll say this, that's not just like a Southwest problem. It's an every airline problem of domestic. Like, they, yeah, every domestic. Great, great point to bring up. Every domestic airline is basically like, we owe you nothing. You are privileged to be able to give us your money. We won't answer the phone. We're not going to help you if a flight gets canceled. You're on your own. That's that's they're completely used to that. Even though like every ten years we have to bail out the airlines, they're totally used to being like, you are lucky to give us your money. I, I just want to finish like Buttigieg's deal yeah, yeah. here, and then and then I want to get into the point that you just made. So so uh, Buttigieg told CNN on Tuesday that he had spoken with Jordan, that's the CEO of Southwest, <laughs> and he'd made clear, quote, made clear that our department will be holding them accountable for their responsibilities to customers, both to get them through this situation and to make sure that this can't happen again. Liar. Yeah, dude, like. I guarantee, like, here's the thing is, like, if I'm the CEO of Southwest and someone's like, hey, man, Pete's on the phone, I, I, like, put down my drink and I'm like, this is going to be fucking hilarious. I'm going <laughs> to own this dude. Like, what, Mayor Pete's going to fucking, like, run over me? He's going to give me a hard time, Mayor Pete? Come Ch- on, dude. Chaston and Pete are having, like, a like a hot toddy in front of the fl- yeah. fire and they're like, oh, it just sounds terrible for those people. I'm going to do something about it. Liar. I mean, that's the thing is like, no, like we've seen this entire history of so many problems. It was, this goes back to the supply chain issues. Oh you yeah. Mayor Pete didn't do shit. Not a damn thing. He didn't thing. get in front of a podium. He wasn't held to count. Like every Washington publication was like, Mayor Pete took a bicycle to work. When he, he, he like pedaled two blocks and jumped back in the suburban, right? He's not held accountable. No one in this administration is held accountable. So, like, if Mayor Pete calls me, I'd, I'd be like, fuck off, Pete. I'll cancel every flight. <laughs> what are you going to do, buddy? What are you going to do? Well, so it's one, of, it's one of two things with the, back to the point you were making. It's one of two things with the domestic airline travel industry. You, A, need to come to grips with the fact that it has become too accessible right and you can't have shit airlines doing shit work with yep. no assigned seats yep. and like you have to pay for bag like spirit style we have to pay for for baggage to go for in oxygen your, on, like to be able to breathe you're right yeah. right it's like they'll oh, go put you in the cargo hold that's the standard ticket oh you want to live there's no there's no oxygen oh i'm sorry you, you wanted to live for the <laughs> yeah. trip well, that's know, an extra 15. Yeah, that's extra 15. But like either we need to come to grips with that and be okay with it or you need to change the model. Yes. Right? Yes. And you have to go back to something that was like, I mean, look, when I was growing up, this is going to date me a little bit, but I think you can identify with this too. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, you didn't just hop on the plane once a month, right? If a fam- if your family was going somewhere. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Right, and you, your parents dressed you up, right? Yeah. You got in like decent clothes, yes. And they made it; they made you well aware that this was a special occasion. You were supposed to look look presentable, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, when you're super little, there's only so much that you you get, so they have stuff to distract you. But but the important part was this: this was like a, this was an occasion, and it goes both ways. Is because when you're on that plane, you know. If your flight's longer than 90 minutes, you're getting a meal. Yeah. You're getting some drinks. Right. If you've got anything you need, someone's there. But don't you think it goes hand in hand? Like, we've now gotten to a place where it's so accessible that anybody thinks that they can go anywhere at any time. And so airlines have played to the lowest common denominator across the board. Yep. And like Southwest and Spirit and those folks, like, that's like a different, different deal. But like everybody, the fact, I mean, look. If you've taken a domestic flight any time in the last, you know, 10 years, and you compare that to a domestic flight anywhere across the Atlantic, mm-hmm. it's a different situation. Everywhere. Everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. And I think that's the thing is, so like I brought up how like every 10 years we're bailing out these air- airlines, right? They've become such like babies dependent on having no competition. Right, they don't compete with each other. It's like, oh, we, well, this is our hub. We fly these routes. We'll let those guys have those routes. It's like basically a monopoly system of mediocrity, right? Because they know they don't have to deal with any competition. Of where, imagine an airline that has to like do their job and treat people like humans and be held accountable, which is 
you know, this might shock some listeners, every airline outside of America. <laughs> like, every airline outside of America is on time. Right. And treats people like Americans used to be treated domestically, like, 30 years ago. Right? Yeah. And it's crazy because they know, like, airlines here is like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you, you go to your seat and you've got crumbs. You know, <laughs> someone spilled their drink. You got a kid kicking the seat. Everyone's going, you know, you might have a Waffle House There's fight no going rules. down. No rules. But that's the, but hey, listen, you're still going to pay the money to us and we're going to treat you like cattle, you know, and especially like during COVID was the wildest because like for the longest time they were forcing, they were like due to COVID, no alcohol can be served. Wait, water can be served? I can drink water. I, you know, you're well, gonna- as we know from, from Chris Wallace and others that it is a civil rights violation if water is not provided every oh, step there you in go. life. It's uh, it, these airlines have gotten away with so much and the taxpayers like our money has propped up these clowns for so long like i would not be surprised if what's the name bob the, the ceo yeah, bob if bob picks up the phone he's like this is mayor pete mayor pete fuck you dude like i will cancel every flight right now because you called yeah and what do you think it's gonna do to your ratings pete? yeah yeah like go go ride a bike bro like fuck off i'm bob <laughs> And, but that's the thing is like that's the mentality now of traveling and it's like honestly at this point you are so much better off hop bring back the station wagon but why hop in the station it, wagon. why haven't we done i mean why haven't we if you think about like what you were saying about how domestic air, air carriers basically have a monopoly yep. on how they treat whatever and there's been legislation over the years with pay with uh what do they call them like travelers bills of rights and things like that and there has been some modest improvements or whatever but why is it that we are still sort of in a situation where we are i don't know like entirely beholden to the same carriers like if somebody offered a much more serene level to travel at Mm -hmm. where you, you don't have to buy like a private aircraft to do it but like, you know, you had an option. Don't you think they would do pretty well? Yeah, and, and that's the thing is like, er, you know, it's wild because every airline outside of America is basically offering n- nothing special, just the level of service that American Airlines had like 30 years ago. Oh. So it's like, you know, if, if you're flying like Air France, you're like, oh, wow, this is great. But that's what like Delta United American used to be like yeah. 30 years ago. It, it is. And, and and now they've realized But you that, know like, what? And we also had what I was talking about, the level of respect that it takes. They treat you with place. that respect. And then you, you your kids show up and they look presentable and, and everybody knows it's a special time. Yeah. Right? They're not, they're not boarding a Greyhound to go 45 miles down the road. They're, they're in a airplane that requires some sophistication to fly, for starters. But then, like you know, I mean, these things aren't guaranteed. Like you got, you gotta, you know, you gotta deal with weather and all kinds of elements. And that's the thing is, is like this is not about like, oh, well, you're being like a, a, a classist or whatever with this. So like every summer growing up, uh, my family, you know, extended family as well, would do a road trip. Some part of the U.S. would go through it, but the journey is so much of the destination because I remember having such like a wonderful time with my family going through like the Northeast. Some of it the best a, memories, right? Some of the best. Yeah. And, and I think now the whole idea has become that like, okay, well, instant gratification. I want to be at the destination now. So like an airline is the only way that we can travel and they have to get me there in a certain amount of time. And it's insane to think that I'd be willing to take a road trip. A road trip, like, it's the best time that you can have with, like, remember in college, is like the best thing is a road trip, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even growing up, like, I don't even, like, you never hear about road trips anymore. Like, the, the, the whole market has moved to, you get on a plane, you accept that you're going to be mistreated, yeah. and that's it. You get somewhere, hopefully, and that's it. That's, like, the best possible Like, outcome. the level, I can't tell you, that le- as a parent, I can't tell you the level of stress yeah. involved. At, at ensuring that you you're a proper sherpa for all of your kids' gear to try to get through your kids got gear TSA they got iPads now oh for sure we're really gonna, yeah we're gonna get that to the minute <laughs> we'll get that we'll I know you want to sound off <laughs> I want to sound off yeah no but 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 you've got all that shit going on and you get to TSA like I remember 
when our our oldest was a newborn and we went to go see my grandmother on like her 98th birthday and we were we, we wouldn't have ordinarily taken this trip but like i was afraid that my grandmother yeah, would never yeah. meet my child and so we were like all right well we gotta we gotta do this and we got on the plane we did you know it was a great trip whatever coming back we were in the minneapolis airport and my wife had breast milk for him on the way home obviously right that's how he eats <laughs> it's like a basic sort of human necessity and they were like hold up like pulled us out of line we followed all the rules oh, by the way serious. whereas it like you take it out and you show it to them and you do the all the and they were like okay and then they started rifling through all of our bags and doing all that nonsense this is such and insanity. i remember thinking like this is just it, it just tells you like if you ever, if you don't live next to your family like if you're not in the same city as your mm-hmm, family mm-hmm. it's not it's not worth it like it's just it's this is it's horrible and like yeah did that take us like 20 30 minutes was it an indignity sure i was happy to do it for my grandmother who was 98 but in the grand scheme of things if you're going to try to avoid like that kind of thing in public you're going to do it and 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 and, and to be with the TSA Honestly, completely useless. Like the number of cases and stories we've heard over the years of how they offer zero benefit. The, the the expense for TSA is out of control. Is out of control. But what they're doing and I remember very specifically, I was at the airport and there was a disabled young girl who I want to say was probably three or four years old in like a tiny little wheelchair. That they're like, oh, you can't go through. No, the get out of here! I swear to you, get out of here. They're like, we need you to stand up. Get out! Your of parent here. has to hold you up while we wand you. And this child's like crying her eyes out. Oh my god! Everyone it's walking terrible. through is like, what's wrong with you people? And they're like, hey, listen, you know, th- wh- they said to one guy straight up, they're like, you want to get wanded? Oh no like, way! That's where it's gotten is because it's an absolute <laughs> power trip <laughs> you to these people. Wanded. They know they're not like out there fighting terrorists, like. Do you think your TSA agent's going to shoot Bin Laden? Like, let's be serious. Their job is just like hassling people, trying to get somewhere, who already have to deal with how terrible traveling by air is now. And they're like, oh, what, you want to get wanted? Yeah, Muhammad Atta did the homework. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, he figured out how you to get around it. it the, the, the disabled child in a wheelchair is probably not your target yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it's just, it, the whole thing is nonsense. But let's get to the technology piece. Yes, yes. You're a real asshole on this. <laughs> I love it. And, and I love that McDaniel found a study to, 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 to bring the subject to light. So this is from this is um, only this is only empowering your argument. By the way, there's no other competing studies it, here. And, and well, because there's this is the truth. It's the one truth. You know, you have to trust the experts in the science. So it says. Uh, I thought you were about the intuition magic. But but here's the thing: is like you know, if if someone says that their science backs up my intuition, <laughs> of course it does. Okay. Uh, so it says three and four parents rely on technology while raising their kids. This is from study finds. It says more than three quarters of parents will be lost without technology. A survey of 2,000 parents of kids between three and seven years old uh, found that they use tech to supplement their child's learning, 59%, and reading, 41%, and to even aid them before they're in the classroom. But wait, That's reading? Wild. Does that mean like they're they're reading their books on a tablet of some kind? Like that doesn't seem... Like I mean, that sounds like a parent excuse. That's a lot of wiggle room. They said them reading. To be like, yeah, well, like a parent can be like, yeah, well, you know, my kid's on YouTube. He's reading the comment section, so he's learning <laughs> how to read, you know? It says, uh, while, while one quarter, 26% of parents weren't using technology as learning tools, that's going to be me, 60% believe their child is progressing faster directly because of tech. More than four in five, 82%, admit they would have benefited from using those tools to learn when they themselves were younger. So th- this is the thing is, so I think the whole struggle is that like, as a parent, you're like, I don't want my kid to get behind if every other kid has this technology and to learn. Yeah, that's, and, that's part of it. And I will go back to remembering when I was a kid, you know, when I was young, scamming my parents of like, you know, I go to college and I tell my dad, yeah, I need this crazy ass computer. You know, it's going to help me do homework. And he's like, okay, fine. But it's to f- just play games, dude. It was watch porn, let's be honest. Well, I mean, like, why do I need a 3D graphics card? That's not going to help me with calculus. Right? It's the same scam all over again. They're like, Mom, Dad, I'm going to be on my iPad to, to uh, read about history. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to be on TikTok. The Chinese Communist Party 
is going to turn you on your folks. But 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 the, which, by the way, the federal government until last week uh, had no problem with. It's amazing. It's amazing. And 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 the fact that so a uh, uh, quick little diversion on on the TikTok thing is. Uh, they're like the Biden administration. Some of the hardliners are like, well, yes, it's time to find like a, a, a company here in America to purchase all the assets and, and to take over domestic operations of TikTok. I remember the fit they had when Trump. When Trump did the same when thing. Trump did the same thing. But, but honestly, here's the thing. It, it, their biggest concern is the political fallout with young voters. I mean, is that they crazy? Act, but, but wrap your mind around that for a second. They know. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, because remind, I'll remind everybody, three or four years ago, Amazon provides not just the stuff that you get online, they also have cloud services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have contracts with the Department of Defense, the CIA, and everybody else mm-hmm. about safeguarding American technology and American data, right? And they've done a pretty good job of that over the years, but they're, they're a predominant provider of all of this. Like in 2018 or 19, I want to say, they banned any use by an Amazon employee of TikTok. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. Wild. Right? So this is all, this has been on the radar for a long time. It was about the same time that Trump said mm-hmm. uh, we should get rid of TikTok. Yeah. Right? It was all the same kind of conversation. But like, oh, Trump said it. Right? So it's it, no worries. So they then go, do you remember the Oklahoma rally that, Trump had yes. it was the first rally after COVID, the, the COVID, COVID lockdowns, right? Yes, and there were a whole bunch of K-pop. It was like Korean mm-hmm. music, K-pop stars that took credit for. I don't know if it was like purchasing tickets or, or doing whatever. Yes, or otherwise messing su- up the event, subverting the the number of attendees that could go to the event mm-hmm. through TikTok. Yep, and they and they did it, and like nobody said it. Where they were like, ah, well, the media <laughs> had stories. Like I remember specifically, Tara Lorenz wrote a story being like, "This is good." Yeah, they they were like, "No, this is fine." And like, first of all, election interference, one hundred percent. I mean, we're 100%. talking about two foreign actors here, not just one. Yeah, right. But like. They then think that like these kids who've now, you know, become multimillionaires because they're like dancing and, and freaking each other and showing off their goods on on TikTok, that it's become so popular that they can't actually speak truth to what it is all about, which is it basically was like a data mining operation from the Chinese government on the American people in a whole different generation. Like to try to get a step ahead, and then it wasn't it wasn't just that; they also had a propaganda outfit yep. where they were serving these kids a bunch of really like horrific, you know, subversive, like basically things to just uh, make them think that the American government is everything that's wrong with the world, yep. and it, like places to hate like, the American way of life, it, it, and it, in places like China, who are building hospitals yep. for people yep. and things like that. Like the like the the videos that they see on TikTok in China is just like optimistic, happy stuff to make you be like, all oh, right, you know, I feel good about my life in the day. And then in the U.S., they just try to serve up stuff to make people like depressed angry but that's real i mean that, that those true. are like, these yes. are facts this is not a propaganda yeah, yeah. we're not telling you things that are are not out there like this, this is substantive is, like there's white papers there's research that's been done on yeah this. It, like this has all been there and it took until josh hawley basically pigeonholed democrats to a point where they couldn't pass an omnibus bill in order to get that sucker in there that we did anything about it. And that's just about federal government employees. What kind of fucking federal government employee has TikTok on their on their phone? I bet I bet way more than we'd want. Oh, that makes me sick. I mean because oh. the thing is that like the Biden administration itself uses TikTok. And like the fact that and I think this goes part and parcel. I think this is a perfect example. If if the government can see that TikTok is a threat, there's they can have horrible effects on kids where they're like we know this is the Chinese Communist Party influencing kids to the point that they would turn on me if I cut them off from it. I think that should be number one, the most telling sign that, that these kids are going to have a fit is no different than the parents who are like, I have to give him an iPad or else he's going to go crazy. And I, the kid's going to go crazy anyways. I'm, yeah, I mean, I separated a little bit. The, the problem that I've got First of all, I don't think all technologies. I, I've seen now learning products that 
kids have. Oh, technology I, is bad. I'm 100% Luddite. I, look, I'm I'm not far away from where you're at. I'm certainly like way more than I should be closer to you than I am to like your modern parent. But the thing that bothers me the most about how the federal government has approached all of this stuff is that they have they they have exhausted all of their resources and public discussion on how to censor content from American-based platforms Mm -hmm. and allowed foreign-based platforms to do whatever the hell they want, right? Totally. You can say what you want about Facebook. I I mean, whatever you say about Facebook. It's based in the United States. It is entirely responsive to the concerns that Americans have. It Every time they get, as we know now from the Twitter files, the the American federal government can put a, a finger on them to try to push them one way or another, and they have to be responsive towards it. Well, that. I remember when there were those like uh, congressional hearings where they invited like the heads of like Twitter, Facebook, Apple, and everybody to speak. And then uh, I, I don't know who asked it. Was it a member of Congress, Senate, whatever? He was like, do you believe China's a threat? And Zuckerberg is the only one who raised his hand. Yeah. Because like, Apple's like, we do a lot of business there. And like, we they can't do it. Labor. Well, I'm not gonna it was like an hand. NBA question. Right, where like LeBron and everybody else is like, oh, I've got nothing yeah. to say about, yeah. about China because yeah. that's where the dollars are printed. That's it. Right? That's how they've operated our social... That, that is the reason why over the last year and a half you've heard us talk so much about social media platforms and how ridiculous the conversation is to begin with is because they miss the forest through the trees. Mm-hmm. We're constantly talking about content moderation of American, which we need to. That's an important part of it. What a much bigger part of it is, is what the Chinese government is trying to do is basically have access to the American people through pop propaganda and data mining to to have a, an advantage over those American tech policies. And, and what's horrific and, and the actual reality right now is that the Chinese Communist Party has effectively established a monopoly of of youngsters in this country who are like under the, the age youngsters of is like the oldest thing you've yeah. ever but, said. But, but folks under the age of twenty one, yeah. they're all just like TikTok. It's unbelievable yeah. that they've already established that beachhead. Um, so yeah, again, uh, I, I'm 100 right. Well, let's talk. Keep I'm, technology away from the kids. Oh my God! All right. Well, this that's this, yet another uh, example of McDaniel working to try to solidify your point of view. This AI thing. Yes. You've taught me about this. I'm horrified. Yes. So this is so this is very complex. There's been a lot of like discussion about what uh, GPT-3 is. Like, folks, you may have seen like in passing in articles or breezed by it. Um, there's this uh, really interesting article from Study Finds. It says, uh, researchers from UCLA have found that uh, the autoregressive language model generative pre-trained Transformer 3, that's GPT-3, clearly outperforms the average college student in a series of reasoning tests that measure intelligence. This is an AI. So wait, all right, so let me just break this down because I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know shit about this stuff. What you're telling me is that there is artificial intelligence <clears throat> that could foreseeably be used by a student to say, for example, I'm reading this book. Give me an example. Give me. Let's write a five-paragraph essay on how this book uh, is an example of repression in America. Yes, and, and, and so that's what's crazy is – it has advanced like this is only over the past year where this has become more of like a, a, a mainstream and accessible pro, uh, uh, program. There, uh, I, I think it was today. The New York Post had an article where English teachers are incredibly concerned about this, and one has said that they have caught students using GPT three to write essays for them because the thing is it doesn't talk under like the robot. same kind of thing that i just laid out yes like the, the, they'll give them a question that's like, it you just give I, them that prompt i need you to write a five paragraph essay on this book yeah about how this book illustrates the profound uh uh repressive nature of america yeah which is what you, which was a question they would ask you, you can tell me like uh I, I need a five paragraph essay about uh the great gatsby and greed in america and it takes it from there and, it, and that's like, it? That's the thing is it's not like dealing with your like Amazon robot 
or your Google robot where you can ask it what the weather is, it's confused or whatever. This thing is that sharp where it just like, it'll take it from there. It'll take it from there. Um, I, I, I'm going to continue. How the hell this. do they? How the hell do they deal with that's, that? That's the thing. Is uh, it says here that the new study looked at the program's ability to match humans in three key factors: general knowledge, SAT exam scores, and IQ. Results published on the preprint server uh, show that the AI language model finished in a higher percentile than humans across all three categories. The team adds that GPT-3 has been forced to develop mechanisms similar to those thought to underlie human. Uh, reasoning despite not being is explicitly trained to do so which is what's wild what that's the thing is like it actually learns it has it, yeah like you know you hear like oh yes aria has deep learning but they're like we didn't even ex you know expect it to learn reasoning but it has my god like how soon before the terminator is real like this thing's gonna launch the nukes it's 100 percent gonna happen I mean, we you can see where we've got a real problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the fact that, like, the the problem right now in, in publications is that, well, maybe you could write an English paper instead of, wait a minute, it's trying to teach itself shit. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that, to me, is what's concerning. I mean, it, oh. that's amazing. Well, we're going to keep our eye on that. I know that we have a lot of guests. We've had uh, folks who, who know a lot more than we do about that. I mm -hmm. think we should probably endeavor in the new year to start talking more about AI and all 100%. that stuff because this strikes me as a yeah as a problem it's right? very consequential not only that but like look it's one thing for the for the people who are programming ai and like creating like those people are obviously well-educated human beings who are like trying to get to the next venture mm -hmm. there's a very different thing for the youth of america if it's applied yeah. to things like critical thinking writing understanding human emotion things like that like if you're not learning any of that shit if you can put that in a computer and then go play video games for an hour i mean i mean that's the, so, so like uh even on a more macro scale and one that's more relatable i think to most people is like uh folks our age you probably remember directions from how to go to one location to another in your hometown yeah you know the main streets you know about where to get if you had to go somewhere well that's because that was before google maps yeah on your phone yeah. Like, I know if you're going on a road trip, it used to be back in the day, you could like, you, you know, Yahoo Maps and you print it out and that's how you do it. But like now, why do I need to know any roads if I just punch in the direction? No, Same it's way. true, dude. I even myself have found my knowledge degrading over that. And it's like, why do I? How many phone numbers do you know of your friends? Gone. Right? Gone. Gone. And they, like you knew hundreds when yeah. you were a kid. And, and, and it's like, uh, why do I need to know facts if I can just hit up Wikipedia? Oh, man. Now I'll just have like a GP3 write my paper. Oof. All right. We're going to keep an eye on that. Um, let's talk a little bit about Dry January for a minute. Yeah. I know that you went, you put this program through a lot. You put it through a lot. You had that, what is it, 70? 70, 75 hard. 75 hard was one of the most difficult uh, moments for the Ruthless Variety program. And, and and here's the thing. is so So McDaniel, producer on the show, actually does Dry January every year. And so dry January is basically, so this is a, uh, this is from the Washington Post. Uh, it says people who abstained from, uh, so dry January is basically you give up all alcohol for the month of January, right? Yeah. Uh, the Washington Post uh, reports, people who abstained from alcohol for a month started drinking less the rest of the year and showed striking improvements in their health. I would put improvements uh, in quotes. Quotes, improvements. Yeah. Uh, it says every year, tens of thousands of people kick off the new year by taking part in a month-long sobriety challenge known as Dry January. Uh, the event is widely viewed as a temporary test of willpower, followed by a return to old drinking habits when the month ends. But according to research, that's often not what happens. Studies show that people who participate in Dry January and other sobriety challenges frequently experience lasting results. So... You did like two and a half dry Jan Januarys. Yeah. And I will say that it did not produce the results no. that the Washington Post are talking no, about. No, no, no. But I think it is an interesting challenge in, in the sense that anything that uh, an individual can do to kind of like uh, test their own willpower and control, I fully support. I would you Would you do thing. it? Would you do? Are you going to do dry January? I, I, you're thinking about it. I mean, it's tough. It looks like you're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know... Uh, the, I, look at you! You're just like really <laughs> wrestling. I've never, I've never seen a more concerned look. This on is your the face. most difficult choice possible. Um, maybe, maybe, huh. maybe. I mean, I mean, because the thing is that, like, I wonder, I, I, if, if I could stick to it. 
I think that'd be interesting. Well, let me just say, if you do it, I'll do it. No way, dude. If you do it, I'll do it. But here are my hiccups here. One, it's much easier for me to do this if the Vikings are like a 5-12 and team. (laughs) The fact that the Vikings (laughs) are a number two seed in the NFC currently uh, and are going to have full playoff football. uh, Yeah. I'm like, I, I I don't know that I can get through that. I mean, you've seen Viking yeah. games. They have 11 one-score games. I mean, they love giving everyone a heart attack. Like, oh, that's what the team is built for. If I don't have a little something to take the edge off, yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to live. I mean, there's a good possibility I could pass away of heart failure in January. And and, and it's like, uh, you know, you always hear, like they said that, oh, you know, they've shown health improvements, but then you hear the same thing. Like, there was that study of like, you drink red wine once a day, it's good for your heart. So it's just like, I don't, I don't see the like... It, this is like a health benefit thing. Like, yes, alcohol, you know, if you drink, if you're slamming a ton of drinks, yes, that's horrible for you. That's empty calories. But at the same time, I think the whole underlying thing is a self-control thing. Mm-hmm. Because like, I mean, like there's so many situations where you can be like, I had a horrible day at work. I've got all this stress. You know what? I'm going to have one old fashioned, just take the edge off. You savor your nice little bourbon, your nice drink. Puts you in a different place. Puts you in a different place. So it's yeah. like you'll just have to do that on your own. Yeah. Just be like, no, now I'm going to be happy. Now, I mean, now that's tough. And like anybody who's like, use liquor for that. Anybody who's like, oh, now I run and that makes me th- fuck that. <laughs> yeah. That no. sucks. No, nothing beats an old fashioned. Nothing beats an old fashioned. I don't know. Let's talk more about it. Uh, I might do it if you do it. I might do it if you do it. Let's talk more about it. Let's get through the new year and then we'll we'll revisit. But the the football thing for me, uh. and and this is great. So this is related. So uh, this is a YouGov poll. It says hot chocolate is Americans' favorite holiday beverage. Well, if you, what are they testing everyone? Yeah. So it says there are a few ways to measure the United States' favorite holiday drink, and by all of them, hot chocolate dominates all their contenders. If you care which beverage is the most well, look, local. they're all non- non-alcoholic. I I, I I I don't know if they were. No, yeah, they're all they, non- they no. got eggnog. They got eggnog. No, no, no. They they think of eggnog like you you make eggnog without the bourbon. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. This is a bullshit study. <laughs> I never trust the science. No, this is this is intuition and magic has a lot more than than yeah. what this thing has to offer. And also, like yes, you know, like uh, especially for for the kids or whatever, the hot chocolate is great, but. The best part of the holidays is like, yes, I'm, I'm like eggnog drunk is a special kind of drunk where you're just like staring into the fireplace, oh, having that eggnog, warmth. feeling warm, warmth. warm, warm, good, a love, happy. a good love for all around you. Oh yeah. Jolly. You're, you're the jolliest mood you can be is eggnog drunk in front of a fireplace during the holidays. There's nothing. Like, who, who, who thinks a hot chocolate can come close to that? I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything close. That doesn't work for me. Um, all right. Let's end with this. A little, a little year in review. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to put a fine point on in is who's the man or woman of the year for twenty twenty two. For twenty twenty two, because we all we all know that like you know time does that thing, which is just like unbelievable nonsense. Yeah, it's always right. They've really gotten ridiculous. Well, what they've tried to do is just become super controversial so they can get actually get some publicity for their failed fucking publication. Yeah. Right? But like in the eyes of Smug, who are we talking about here? So when I saw this on the dock, my, so my knee And I told you before you even said a word, I said, I guarantee you we have the same person. And that's what's interesting to me is my knee jerk was Ronnie D, Right. Knee-jerk reaction, huge win, you know, one everywhere in Florida. Then I was like, okay, I think it might be Elon Musk. Yes, that was mine. That was yours? Yeah. That I mean, the way that he has, the move he made. It's ridiculous. It's unreal. It's not done. Yeah, it's unprecedented because he, he basically decided that he believes in the idea of free speech so much he will make his life far more miserable and he will spend his own money to get that accomplished. He wife. literally ran himself into the meat grinder yeah. in order to try to highlight something that was happening in this country over a period of time that has the capacity of ending it. And he spent his own money doing it. He put his own reputation 
involved. I mean, look what's happening to Tesla. You think Tesla makes a worse car than it did six months ago? Fuck no. Yeah. It but, doesn't. But but, but the their press, stock, yeah, their stock the has gone down. down. You know why their stock has gone down? Because people actually think he's controversial now. The reason you think he's con- controversial is because half this country is totally bought in to the idea that you need to protect government and protect all the big actors, the big establishment in this country from the truth. It's completely wild. So like a great example is like, you know, he, he, he has the Twitter files come out. He gets independent journalists to study what all was going on inside Twitter. And a prime example is like how there was a collusion to get the Hunter Biden story suppressed during an election. And you saw the entire left be like, why is this bad? Yeah. I mean, it's d- insane. They, and, well, even worse is that you've seen over the last couple of days they came out with the COVID one, for mm-hmm, example, mm-hmm. which, I, to be honest with you, I feel like there's more there. I feel like yes. they, they scratched the surface yeah. of it. I, look, Elon's now in the position where he's running a company that has other people's money involved. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you can't just take it down to the studs. And so I, I'm not sure that he can completely turn over everything. But what they suggested was that there was heavy government involvement in trying to censor certain accounts that ask questions about you know, the efficacy of masks and the efficacy of vaccines and things like that. And that the government was involved in trying to pressure Twitter to try to censor that speech, which again is important for you without a Twitter account because it drives the conversation that's in journalism today, which shows up in the New York Times and Washington Post and the AP and everything else in your local newspapers is a derivative of that conversation that's happening on Twitter on a day-to-day basis. It just is. And I I know that like, you know, the Twitter haters out there are like, ah, oh, what difference does it make? That's true. That is an unassailable fact. They all deal with their reality being shaped by the conversation that's happening on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So when Twitter starts banning people for suggesting that like, I don't know that Fauci knows what he's talking about with this mask and double mask situation um it has an impact on how people cover that yep in your local communities and it has an impact on the social stigma that's involved with how your local businesses handle mm-hmm. that kind of thing and like all that stuff was so significant but it exposed something that's been happening over you know five ten maybe longer years that that the left has been infiltrating into our discourse. Yes, right, and, and specifically institutions. Like and they they had a lock specifically institutions on universities. They've moved swiftly to ensure that they have a lock on journalism, and that nexus, that pipeline that they now have to, especially now that they they, they like you said, the past five ten years focusing on big tech. Yeah, which is the next step to ensure that like only their viewpoint can be heard. There's no dissent. And, and, and like it is, it's like, this is not a David and Goliath situation. This has been, you know, uh, the powers to be the Biden family, you know, the most spoiled, rotten folks. Like, no one thinks that Hunter Biden can run an energy company, but he used it and his father's name to extract wealth for himself and, and, and use drugs and, and, and go sleep with hookers. But they want to protect that. At the cost of everyday Americans knowing the truth. So, so that's why, and you like, know, to expose like Elon, that is, Elon, is what Elon did. And I think he knew. He's sophisticated enough to know that he was going to make himself the target mm-hmm. by doing it. And he still, and he still did. did it. He still did it. That's why he's my man of the year. And, I, and that's hilarious that I called that we were yeah. going to have the same guy. I mean, it's tough to find someone who really, who really accomplished something like that this year. Totally. Well, listen, Smug, I think we've done it. I mean, this is this is one of those episodes. It's like it feels a little bit like October 2020. Here. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the old times. It feels like the good times. And uh, speaking of the good times, I want to thank all our listeners so much for your years of support. I hope all of you had a wonderful Merry Christmas, wonderful holiday season that everybody got to see their families without any delay so until next time minions keep the faith hold the line and own the libs we'll see you on tuesday stay ruthless